Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Lakers versus Knicks tonight at the Crypt. We'll explain why this might be the most important game the Lakers play over the next couple weeks. That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always going to be free. It is never going to be behind a paywall and Locked On Lakers on YouTube. So we can go hang out with 22,000 subscribers who are a little jittery, Andy, I think at the current state of the Lakers after that one and two road trip, which included a loss to the San Antonio Spurs who had lost 18 consecutive NBA basketball games. I want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase, uh, LockedOnNBA, one word, lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. So we're going to talk a little bit about today uh, why the Lakers might be struggling a little bit, maybe a little bit of uh, in-season tournament fatigue. Uh, we'll try to get to whether or not the backup center is a is an issue that has been revealed over the weekend uh, in San Antonio. Uh, but let's start, Andy. This game tonight against the Knicks, sneaky, sneaky, important for a 15 and 11 Lakers squad. Yeah, first of all, just a reminder that uh, games at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, old friends Julius and Randall and Josh Hart back. And you can catch every Lakers game on Home Top Broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it's important, first of all, because you want to get the the bad taste of that Texas road trip out of your mouth. I mean, they, it was one and two, and they did not look particularly impressive at any point. In oh, no, the- they were 0 for 3 in good games. They won yeah. one of them, but it and- was an 0 for 3 trip in that regard. Yeah, and there's, I think, reasonable concern, and this was something you had brought up before, like the question of how much they put into the IST and really pushing to win that tournament, you know, what type of tax could be paid for it. I remember when we talked about it, my, my the way I was thinking about it was more big picture the whole season. Like, my attitude still remains. If, if that tournament and what they expended in December – is paying dividends in April, then frankly, this team just isn't set up. It, like they're they're not built for this big picture. Mm-hmm. Like if one extra game and playing hard in December sends you on that type of tailspin, then it's just LeBron at this stage of his career can't handle everything that comes with a deep playoff run. Anthony Davis isn't built for this in ways you need a franchise player. Now, to be clear, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And that's why I'm losing zero sleep about it. But short term, I think the concerns that you raise are not just valid. They were basically confirmed by the team. So hopefully these couple days that they've had off in L.A. will end up uh, paying off positively in this game tonight against New York. Yeah, look, I mean, here's the thing. Like it's it's. Without debating the point of you know whether or not it could be relevant for the long term, like the the fiscal taxing is builds up, whatever, the 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 issue too becomes the short term impacts long term. Even if they're energized again in April, 
Um, if they go through a two and a half week slump where they it takes them a little while to get their legs back under them, or uh, guys who were healthy became less healthy during the tournament need a couple weeks to get themselves back. I mean, Anthony Davis, who by the way missed that game in San Antonio, it should be noted because of the ankle he turned against the Spurs. They said not because of the reaggravating that hip ab injury. So I mean that that is an important note here. Um, you know, but he definitely reaggravated it um, against Indiana. LeBron missed a game on that trip. So um, and and everybody looked tired. But the thing about it is, you look at the standings, and the Lakers at fifteen and eleven are you know it's not a bad record. Twenty six games in, particularly when you consider how 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 little of their their like kind of intact lineup they've been able to run with but that's you know 15 11 is good for eighth right now in the conference and you look at where they are they got tonight at uh home against a Knicks team that is over 500 um they're not great but they're certainly over 500 they're going to be motivated you- though they're coming off a really bad loss to the clippers they lost up by i believe 22 or 20 i mean they they got housed Right, so and Julius think- Randle still takes being traded away by the Lakers personally. Um, Josh Hart so, as well, yeah. And so you know, then you get a you know a game that you ought to win, but it's on the road where the Lakers have not been good against the Bulls. You get a three game road trip. Um, you go Bulls, Timberwolves, Thunder. Two of those three games are against higher quality, particularly Minnesota this year, Western Conference teams. These are the top two teams in the conference right now, Minnesota um, and and Oklahoma City as as play opens on Monday. Then you come home, you're great. You're back at home in Christmas against the Celtics. All right, so you know four out of your next five games are against teams that are not just playoff teams, but playoff to elite level. Then you have the Hornets. Okay, great. But then you got the Timberwolves again and the Pelicans, and the Heat, and you see the Clippers on the 7th, and the Raptors who don't suck on the 9th, and the Suns who don't suck on the 11th. Like, it just starts to pile up, and the conference isn't cooperating in the way that it was last year, Andy, which is, by the way, something we predicted. You know, this is why the that, that those games against San Antonio, why I always say, like, these games against terrible teams are the most important games you play because every time you screw one of those up, you have to go steal one back against an elite group. Yeah, even taking into account that the Lakers did not have AD, they did not have D'Angelo Russell, and they didn't have Cam Reddish, and, and obviously have not had Gabe Vincent this entire time uh, since, I think, game four. It's They looked incredibly disjointed, even taking into account who they were missing. They yes. didn't even look so much outmanned as they looked just rudderless um for what it's worth by the way the lakers heading into this game have lebron and anthony davis and uh christian wood uh non-covid illness listed as questionable d'angelo russell and jared vanderbilt both probable uh gabe vincent there there have been some hope that maybe he could be available for this game tonight he is out um but also one assumes unless there was a clerical error uh, Cam Reddish's name off the report altogether means he's no longer dealing with the knee issue that kept him out on Friday. So yeah. I'm assuming at, at this point Cam Reddish is playing. There's no ambiguity about it at all. And you know we've talked about before LeBron being listed as questionable is just 
every game, CYA every game for the rest of the year. He will be questionable for the rest of his career. He yeah. will probably be listed as questionable. But you know, look, I mean, I I understand with you, like you know the the combination the combination of players that they were down in San Antonio was significant. It was you know two primary defenders in the starting lineup, and then one of your primary playmakers. Um, but you know that this is the kind of stuff that if you're going to be an upper end Western Conference team where you have a, a guy with an injury history in Anthony Davis and a guy with an injury history now in LeBron James. Like, you've got to be able to overcome these things, whether it's, you know, the depth guys or on the nights where one star is missing, the other is huge. I mean, whatever it is. Um, and when you get yourselves back within four, as the Lakers did, um, it's got to come together. Like there's just no excuse for losing that game in the big picture. There's an excuse in the small, but not in the big. That one hurt a lot. So I want to talk a little bit about that, this concept of fatigue and how long it might last. And then the backup center, which suddenly has become a thing. So plenty to unpack. We'll get to it next. Lockdown Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy pl sports platform in North America. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stats projections and then just watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And with football season in full swing, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league created specifically for projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron and Travis Kelsey at, say, 10.5, a combination of three-pointers made and receptions. Plus, with prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So NFL games, NBA games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half because of an injury, doesn't return in the second that player gets rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lower caps, and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. So... Let's assume for a second, Andy, the Lakers are suffering from some sense of of fatigue, IST-related fatigue. And by the way, the banner goes up tonight, so that'll jazz everyone up. Um, how, how, much, how long can they afford to have a little bit of a swoon here? Because, I, I mean, I just read that schedule in the last segment. There's not a lot of wiggle room. I mean, the, the answer is not very long. <laughs> I mean, just uh, reality is the, the West is too competitive. As you said, they're four games above, above 500, and they are currently an eight seed, which means they are right now in the, in the, yeah. they're in the play-in, the place that they, I think, very decidedly entered this season looking to avoid. So I, mean, I don't have an exact number, but the reality is they need to get over this pretty quick. If you wanted to win this tournament that badly, and by the way, good on you for wanting to, for all the reasons we talked about in terms of what we think it means with adopting a, com a competitive mindset and you know a, a mini dress rehearsal of sorts before the playoffs, if you want to go full bore to win the thing, we both applauded it. 
but you got to be willing to take everything that comes with it. And these guys have been in the league long enough that they should be able to estimate for it. Um, if there's a, a an upside, a silver lining, I should say, to what things look like currently in the conference, it's that um, it, it probably doesn't go 10, 11, 12, 13 deep. Um, if you believe the Warriors can bounce back, um, then you know you might also believe that the Rockets may not be sustainable three games over 523 games in. Um, but even if both of those teams hang out means only there's only one team uh, that could be like 500 or above. that doesn't end up in the top 10 um, Utah Memphis is, you know, clearly not coming back Portland and San Antonio are not obviously not playoff teams. Um, but just because you're going to get in doesn't mean, you know, you're going to be where you want to be. Um, if there's a, the other the other upside to this, though, is when you play a bunch of games against teams that you're competing with in the standings, it is an opportunity for you to gain ground on them. You know, the Lakers, when they play the Pelicans again, they have a chance to, you know, possibly jump over them uh, in, in the standings. When, you know, on December 31st, when they go play the Pelicans in New Orleans, two games against Minnesota, you know, the Lakers are only, you know, even as an eight seed. They're currently only going to, you know, a couple games out of the two seed. Right. So if you beat Oklahoma City, then you know you jump up. There's a, you know, it's not that the Lakers are locked in and they have opportunities, but they're not playing well. Um, well, they, I think the, they well, had been. I mean, they had they, been. They right. had been, but they are currently not. So what you're hoping is maybe LeBron, Anthony Davis, those guys are come back. Um, you can get Reddish back in the lineup. And the challenge of having the Knicks at home, which is always a high-profile game, you know, a game, you know, the the two best teams in the conference, the Celtics on Christmas, all these these are games that ought to lock you in as a group. If they don't, I'm not saying if they lose, but if the Lakers come out and are flat over the next week and a half against all of these really good teams, that's a that's a really disturbing sign. That goes well beyond if they lose. If they come out though and play quality games, competitive games, five hundred or so over the next two and a half, that actually could be a pretty good sign for them being able to pull it back together. It's also too like these games reveal to me the 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 Lakers have much more depth and much more balance than they had last year. I don't think that's that's a point that can be argued. Part of the reason Darwin kept playing so many guard heavy lineups is because those were his best players. And so, you know, you got to figure out the the ways to get the best players on the floor, your most talented players on the floor that included Russell Westbrook, even if it's an awkward fit. Um, and I think what we're finding now is like the balance is there. And when it's, when it's all available works, but when it's not, it reveals some of the limitations there where you have a lot of guys that, are or players where you can get offense or defense, but it's hard to get both. Um, where the the balance in the lineups you can deploy are challenged. Um, you know, maybe because like you know, Rui and LeBron play well together. Rui plays well with Anthony Davis, but you do sometimes run into trouble defensively with with Rui, where he kind of defends the same position as LeBron. So depending on what the other team is doing, that can make it even hard to get a guy like Hachimura on the floor for really long minutes. It's 
it's just one of these things where when you, and this is what I always, every dayers have heard this from me. What I think is so intriguing about roster building is your stars are your stars. And, you know, okay, they might have some shortcomings, but they're going to do star things. It's the Jenga puzzle of the other guys and how you maximize them and how you make them fit together that is so intriguing. And when you pull one of those pieces out, the whole thing can look completely different. It is officially, by the way, trade season. Um, December 15th was the day that a good chunk of the NBA that signed new contracts are now available for the Lakers. Uh, That would be pretty much everybody now other than Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, and Jared Vanderbilt, who is not trade eligible this whole season. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt cannot be traded until this coming offseason because of the timing of when he signed uh, his extension. But everybody now other than Reeves and Rui could theoretically be traded. That's going to crank up uh, the noise around the Lakers and Zach Levine. And I, I would just, putting aside my own disinterest in bringing in Zach Levine, like I am very, very disinclined to do that. The reality is that is not something I think the Lakers could do if they wanted until Rui was trade eligible because I would be, the only other way to stack up the money right now would be D'Lo, Gabe Vincent and some other assorted players. And I would be stunned if the Bulls would take Vincent given the length of his deal and the fact that he has missed, you know, 85% of the season. And and, and even when Rui is true, we'll get into much more of this as we get closer to the actual trade deadline when much more of this stuff, with the very least when we get past January 15th, when Lakers, as you say, have more options, but like Rui's trade value, for example, is going to be, Really interesting to see, like what he looks like, because he's also on a, a long term deal, and so it's all it's all kinds of stuff that we can we can look at. But one area that isn't nearly as high profile as Zach Levine, uh, I saw rumors like you know could the Lakers get Laurie Markkinen if the if um if Utah blows it up and all these other things like maybe I guess, but like. L- Areas to think, areas to think smaller. I would be stunned if they could. I don't think Lori Markinen for people who forget. It's not like he's not like some thirty-four-year-old. Lori Markinen, I think, is twenty-five or twenty-six. I would be stunned Uh, if they could make that work with for the the sort of stuff they have. Plus, you know, a couple picks. Like that's not. I don't think going to get her done. But there are also smaller scale needs that were. I think exposed by the the trip, and one of them is the backup center position, which is a little bit of a surprise. And we'll explain why next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can celebrate this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred fifty bucks back in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. So just pick a team, any team, to win that game. Don't worry about the spread. If you pick the right team, 150 bucks back in bonus bets, and you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. The app is really easy to use. All of the options right there at your fingertips. And, of course, you can bet on the NBA. The Lakers are four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight against the Knicks. Um, they are currently 18-1, to the Lakers, to win the NBA championship. LeBron and Anthony Davis both 75-1 to to win MVP and your odds leader for sixth man of the year, according to the folks at FanDuel, 
Austin Reeves at 2.521. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Uh, quick reminder tonight, Lakers versus Knicks play by play. Uh, you can catch every minute of it of your hometown broadcast, Lakers broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. Search Lakers. Um, it's just going to be an ulcer inducing season because, you know, they're, they're, as we finish up recording, my God, uh, man, Sunday like night, how that is not a way to sell. The season that we are podcasting every day that doesn't bring Ulcers people. In way. No, dude, <laughs> that who the, the hell taught you how to sell something? It's oh, gonna be fun. We're gonna have a good time. What the hell's wrong with you? My point being, there's three games as we, as they used to say in the industry, and you go to press um, between the two seed and the ten seed. So. The emotional highs and lows, Andy, and that's what makes sports fun. That's why we're all here. Are going to be extreme. Two, uh, you win a two, a two game modest two game win streak could move you up like four spots in the West. A, a, a two game losing streak, and all of a sudden it's panic time. It it it's just going to be. Uh, it's going to be intense is all I'm saying. We're not even in January yet. Will you pace yourself before nope. you start giving people like ulcer? And my God, what a downer. I am. I, these games in December, Andy count just as much. I do not want to have to do the, the late game, late season sprint of last year. I, that is not, I'm not going to attitude that again. Type of attitude. We could have had the old host. <laughs> He's a walking ulcer. <laughs> now you don't like anything. That guy um, loves his wife, loves his children, hates everything else. So I um I I was surprised to see over the weekend the potential vulnerability of the center position because I kind of liked where they were, especially once they signed Wood. I, you know, I, you know, Wood is a guy with some question marks, and Hayes is a guy with some question marks, and it is hard to find good, cheap centers. Like, there's a reason everybody's sort of scraping around for this stuff. But I felt better about the backup center position, assuming it was going to be a really important one where they needed guys who could soak up minutes. And I am less confident now. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, the the. It's not so much that the drop-off, you know, when Anthony Davis did not play in this loss to San Antonio and you had extended minutes for, you know, Jackson Hayes and also Christian Wood, who for the last week or so has been out of the rotation. It's not just that the drop-off from AD to those guys is pronounced because the drop-off between Anthony Davis and like 90% of the center backup center is Joel Embiid. You're right. going to see a difference. Exactly. I mean, the the 90 the Drop-off between AD and like 90% of big men around the league is pretty noticeable. So the idea that you would feel it, that is to be expected. But what this has felt like a reminder of, seeing them both out there. And, and look, Christian Wood, I thought, actually had an okay game. I don't, I He was fine, and he had some good moments. But it's just been a reminder that both of them, it's been very difficult to find 
a clean role and a clean fit in a way that is felt either organic in the, I think in the case of wood or regularly usable in the case of Hayes. Like I want to make it clear. I think both guys have been buying in, doing the things that are asked of them. I think both of or them at least have trying really, to. Yeah. I think both of them, you know, and this is really as much a discussion about wood because there were more questions about him being a buy-in guy, I think certainly than Jackson Hayes. I think Wood has attempted to do everything this team has asked of him. But the problem, I think what we're seeing is Christian Wood is in a in a role right now when he does play where he doesn't really get to play to his strengths, which is being a focal point or you know a second option, something like that offensively. He's now somebody, he's averaging less than six shots per game, which is the lowest he's had by a pretty long shot since becoming an established NBA player. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really get to play to his strengths now, and it doesn't help that his outside shot hasn't really come alive the way they had hoped when they brought him in. Yeah. And the other stuff that he doesn't do as well, I think he's trying, but because he doesn't do it as well, you don't get the impact in the way that you need from a backup center on this team. And then Jackson Hayes, I think, could fit into a more organic role with this team, except you can't keep him on the floor because he just fouls like crazy. He is tied, Brian, for third on this team for fouls per game. He averages less than 12 (laughs) minutes a game. Like per 36, Jackson Hayes averages almost seven fouls a game. Like in in the the loss of You don't get to take him with you, Andy, so you might as well use him on the floor. In, in the loss to San Antonio, he had picked up his fifth foul with 10 and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. So like Hayes is becoming this guy where it's difficult to actually keep him on the floor because he either picks up fouls that put him into foul trouble, so you have to take him off the floor if you're trying to count on him for any later use, or he just disrupts your own rhythm. He puts the other team at the free throw line. Like, Neither he's also, one. He's also a, a non-factor offensively, and so you, you know, again, this is the Jenga puzzle. Like you can play Hayes if you have other guys who can, you know, support the offense or whatever. But you know, when you start, you know, when Anthony Davis is out, and you know, this is where Wood was supposed to be really important and, and be able to come in and do it. You know, I think struggling a little bit with figuring out. When we have to play Christian Wood, how do we adapt the defense to make it work without having to change everything that we're doing? And frankly, um, how do you adapt the offense? Well, right, but I mean, just like the consistency. I think of it's both execution. I think you're right, and you know, you don't want to be changing your philosophies and your executions and all these sort of game to game to game to game to game. You got to have some kind of consistency and hope. And then there are certain guys you don't want to tilt your game plan to try to unlock certain players in your rotation that might only be you know 23 a minute it's just it's it's very it is a more difficult challenge than i think it it can be given credit for um and you know when the wrong guys are gone then you know you you have maybe two guys on the offense offensive side that are clear negatives can you put a third one out there depending on what like defensively you might have two or three you know two guys who are problematic, and if you put a third one out, like what do you do? I still don't necessarily know what they the Lakers might have done differently. I mean, you know, there Biombo. was the Bismack Biombo thing, and he signed late with Memphis, right? Um, 
And it's obviously not that you would expect it, but it's obviously not lifted Memphis out of the doldrums. No, but he's, I think, played fine for them. He's been fine, but the, the he's been Bismack Biombo. The issue with the Lakers would be, and he, I think he'd be fine when Anthony Davis is playing, but in the games when he wasn't, then you run into that negative offensive type thing where it's. But he's sure, but he'd at least still have a role on this yeah. team that I think would be much easier. You could play him to his strengths and then figure out the other stuff around him. Like, yes, he, he because is. Because he's better at what he does well than yes. what Jackson Hayes does. Right. Yes. Or with Christian Wood, you know, Christian Wood is obviously a more skilled player than, than Bismack Biombo. I mean, offensively, it's not even close, but the Lakers are not really in a place where they can make the most of Christian Wood's skills offensively. It hasn't felt like. And then in the meantime, the other stuff he doesn't do as well, I think gets accentuated more. So it's, and that's why I think it's been a struggle to really find a clean fit for both Wood and Hayes, even though, again, I want to emphasize, I think they are both trying to do the things that are asked of them. Yeah, I, there, are, I, it, it still would not surprise me. And I do not want to see this happen, but like, should Anthony Davis miss eight, six games in a row, some injury where it's like he's out for two weeks, whatever it is? Wouldn't shock me to see Castleton just because he's a bit more of a bridge in terms of, you know, he's going to get pushed around a little bit defensively, but he's, you know, he, he's not terrible on that end. You know, he's, at the very, you know, he's had some moments at least where he could block a shot here or there, but like at the very least, he's a fluid offensive player. He will rebound. He will do that stuff. It would not shock me if you saw him. Um, I am, it also so wouldn't shock me if you saw the Lakers look to try to make a what it, would seem like a relatively yeah. minor deal in the grand scheme of splashy Laker deals to upgrade. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, but I, I think those types of deals are much more likely to be where they mm -hmm. are at the trade deadline than, than big splashy stuff. Quite possibly. Um, so interested to see what happens tonight. Uh, Lakers versus Knicks, always a big deal. Banner goes up for the IST. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 22,000 subscribers to the program, uh, all reacting to tonight's game, getting ready for it, and we'll be talking about it afterwards. We'll see everybody on Tuesday.